Suicide Zen Forgiveness, the pod that shares the stories of those affected by suicide. Lost a loved one? Attempted it yourself? Did you know that when you share a burden, the load is lightened? Come listen in with your host, Elaine Lindsay. Suicide Zen Forgiveness, the podcast, is for education only. Some of the subject matter could be triggering for those that are newly grieving or in a poor state of mental health. Please call your local suicide hotline or mental health office if you need immediate help. Hello, and I'm so happy to be back uh, with you. And today, I think I'm especially happy because my guest today is also a dear friend. And I have to say a dear friend that I haven't seen in a long time. So, first and foremost, let's do a super introduction. Hi, Lily. I Hi. Two things about you. Lily White is an author. She's host to what she calls AAA, that's Angels, Archetypes, and Astrology Workshops. She's a certified archetype consultant, an angel therapist, a medium, a Reiki master, and she's based in Almont. Her work has taken her on many, or taken, excuse me, taken um, people on their own transformative spiritual journeys. And these journeys are based on the individual's unique experiences, attributes, and motivations. I'm going to tell you, Lily is one of the most interesting, genuine, and truly heart-centered people that I know. And I am just so excited to be able to bring her to you today. We're going to talk about our usual subject because we do talk from the perspective of those that are left behind. And Lily, I'm going to let you jump in and start wherever spirit moves you. Thank you, Elaine. I can't tell you how honored I feel to be here and see you again, be with you in, even though we're sort of um, in technology world, but we're still together and letting spirit have us. I just love the work that you're doing and bringing it out there just for today, just for today. It, it's brilliant. Um, I'll, I'll just start briefly as to where I got into, quote unquote, the spirituality aspects and then go into uh, the suicides that have been in my family and how myself and my family have uh, committed our lives to live each and every day, one day at a time with forgiveness, grace and blessings. Uh, I started my journey in 1991. Uh, in October when I first entered a 12-step program and in that program I wasn't down and out as I was when I did hit another bottom in 2019 which we'll talk about today because it's yeah. suicide in itself and so I had entered a 12-step program and I threw myself deeply into it I started studying Deepak Chopra I started studying Carolyn Mace I got certified in these things you know I took the 12 steps and I literally embraced them each and every day. 
And so that was 91. And then in 2000, I got a phone call in the morning, early morning, that my brother Derek had committed suicide. He had hung himself. And the unfortunate part was, of course, that he had left us a tape. So after we buried him, we listened to the tape. And it was fascinating, really, now that I can put all the pieces of the puzzle together. Because one of the things was total anger. It wasn't depression. It wasn't despair. It was anger. He was raging at the whole world. And he had been drinking, of course. So, of course, here I am in a program for almost at that time, what, almost 10 or so many years, and had not realized the depth of his despair. So I got to the, we get to the funeral and I'm looking around that night, everybody's having a drink in their hand. And I remember thinking, well, I'm the oddball here. I think I'll have a drink. And I literally, by the grace of God, heard and felt get out now. So I got up and I went for a walk and I managed to stay sober for many, many years. However, that suicide shifted myself, my family. Honestly, doesn't matter if it's depression, anger, empathy, whatever reason people decide to take their lives. You know, we have a tendency to say that it's a selfish thing to do. But there's so much, I coined a phrase called the awe of the raw. Because when we're in that much pain, it's awful. But it's like awe-inspiring to think, how can we be in that much pain? So we get through those years of of Derek. You know, he left a son. Uh, It was heart-wrenching to see the son growing up without his dad. It was heart-wrenching to watch my parents and how they coped with it. They didn't. They drank their way through it. I mean, alcoholism is deep in the fabric of our family, causes a lot of problems when I talk about it to other family members. Um, But then, so that was 2000. And then in 2012, at 3.33, I go home. My mother had just been diagnosed with stage 4 cancer that week. Yes. And I get home to get prepared to go to Calgary to help her because of all the studying that we do in those years, I've got some of the tools. I may not be living it, but by golly, I got the tools and I'm preaching it, you know? So anyway, I answer the door and there's two police officers and our daughter at 37 years of age did the very same thing as my brother and hung herself. So there's a thing that I have, it's hang in, hang on, hang loose, just don't hang up, you know? Yeah. Call, make, so I remember at that point, I didn't fall on my knees in agony. All I could think about was how was I going to tell her father and her sister? You know, we tend to do that as patriarch, the, the mother. So we got through that evening and went to Moncton the next day to fly in for her funeral. That was when I fell on my knees in agony because I had found out. One of the things with Melanie was with her mental illness. Now, it was never diagnosed while we were growing, while she was growing up. I knew there was something off. I used to say I wish she was a drug or alcoholic, especially after I came into the program, because there'd be tools. There were no tools. 
So we did the best we could during those years and living in the chaos and the drama, which was basically yeah. kind of leftover residue from when I grew up with a, a rageaholic as a father, right? That's right. So at her funeral the next day, or at, while we were preparing for her funeral, we find out that she, I find out she had been drinking for a whole year. Oh. Now, what made me literally fall on my knees with agony was that I was 36 years of age when I stopped drinking. And she was 36 when she started. And she was dead in a year. And again, I'm in the program and I had nothing. I had nothing to contribute because they didn't come to me. Uh, we had gone through something a year before that with her own daughter with a suicide threat. And I'd gone and I had said to the doctors then, you got the wrong kid in here. You got the wrong kid in here. Her mother needs to be. You need to focus on the mother. And I was so, I emphasized that so much that after Melanie's death and I came back to Almont, the nurse actually called me to apologize that we did have the wrong child on that floor in Moncton at that time. So one of the things, though, that I, I want to be able to talk about today, and I hope I can with suicide, both both my, my brother and my daughter, they were in, you know, a lot of people with, it's de depression, it's decompressing. But for both of them in our family, it was anger. It was anger. It was anger. Melanie had just found out that her, her, partner at the time was having an affair that was a Saturday and she was dead by Wednesday and we didn't find that out until John had gone to see her psychologist and he said I don't normally would say this but this is what happened okay so it always it's been it's interesting to me again at the age that I am today that all the pieces of the puzzle falling into place regarding alcoholism suicide but the one thing that's constant is rage yeah yeah. So if we don't get help for that rage, what do we do with it? We either drink it away. Look, I guarantee you, my darling, alcoholism, drug addiction is another form of suicide. Yeah. It's another form of suicide. And I know that from experience. I did not drink that year that Melanie passed away. Yeah. I was, I was out there still inspiring others to buckle up. Get those tools down, Pat. Yep. Believe in something bigger than yourself. Take accountability for your actions. I was still teaching that. It was a year later when my mother died at her yep. funeral. When that same family is around drinking at the funeral, and the same thought I had in 2000. Happened again. Something is wrong with me here. Everybody else is drinking and I'm not. I heard the tap felt the tap and heard the voice get out now but i said f you i'm done my anger went full-blown i'd lost a child my mother died my father had a stroke he was dying i was in the process of losing a business that i had loved not the power up your life business but my white light boutique that i love you know as you know i take people to bali etc so i had open up that business based on, on, on my trips to Bali. So every, all the rage in me came back out that night. And it stayed with me until 2019 when I ended up in an ambulance dying. 
and no one knows this, but here it is, because this is alcoholism, anger, and suicide. Yep. And here I am. I teach all this stuff, Elaine. I got all the tools, honey. But when it comes to the awe of the raw, it's too darn painful. Yep. And you don't want anyone to know. God, fairy oh, no. lily. I don't, nobody wants to know fairy lilies in pain. So I would drink. And I drank from the time my mother's, my mother's death until I almost died secretively. I never drank secretively when I first entered the program at 36 years of age before that. I didn't have a bottom then. I just woke up one morning, this is my head, your life is unraveling, I get out of bed. And I decided to join a 12-step program because I didn't want to drink anymore because I saw the alcoholism in my family and I wasn't going to be like that. Guess what? I became that. Yeah. And in that ambulance, when I hear we're losing her, I don't care. I don't care. I'm thinking, oh, thank God I can go home. I could go home. And then I hear my husband and daughter, my other surviving daughter in the background. And I thought, no, no, no. Smarten the hell up. Smarten up. So when they put those things on you and you come back, I'm not proud of that moment, but I guarantee you it was necessary to smarten me up again. Because what, what I find we don't realize, Elaine, about suicide is that every moment the thought of what am I eating today? Who am I seeing today? How do I feel today? How am I going to live life on life's terms today? When we are in the light of that and we are aware of that, then we're not suicidal. When we are drinking, drugging, overeating, overspending, oversexing, I don't care what any doctor tells me. I don't have a PhD, but I'll guarantee you, you want to die. Yeah. And it's only normal from a soul level that we want to go home. But guess what? We're not here because we deserve anything. I'll hear it a lot. Well, I didn't deserve that as a child. Honey, you don't deserve anything. It's how do you best serve humanity? So I came into this lifetime as an addict, I came into this lifetime with people in and around me committing suicide. I came into this life with sometimes wanting to end it myself, yeah. whether it's consciously or unconsciously through drinking. And when I finally got that that is not serving humanity, I can wake up. I woke up. Again, we wake up, we go to sleep. We wake up, we go to sleep. It's the natural law of the universe of what I call our sacred contract. Yes. It's our sacred contract. And in my sacred contract, when I look at my fate and versus my destiny, and this is why I'm hoping that the, the listeners understand this, you're feeling down, you're drinking too much. You may feel like putting that rope around your neck Go talk to somebody that can look at your chart, your astrology chart. I'm not an astrologer by any means, but look at it because it passes. And I, I knew when my I had opened my business, and I want to give you a little, little example of this for your, yes. for your listeners about fate destiny and that how everything is about choice. I knew a year before Melanie's death, we were going to lose one of them. 
because my sisters and mother were visiting my, they were visiting me. John was on another UN mission. They were visiting me. I just opened the store and my sister says, oh, come on, Lil, let's look at my astrology chart. So I start looking and then I say to them, you know, I haven't heard from Melanie for a while. I need to look, see where I can tell when where everybody is by looking at their charts, right? So I look and I think, oh, God, Pluto, square Pluto, tough transit. I'm going to look at her daughter's chart. She has two, two daughters. She had three children, actually, when she left. When I looked at the girl's chart, I said to my sisters, we're going to lose one of them. So I, a month later, went to Moncton because there was an issue with the oldest, her oldest. And we got through that. That was when I had said you got the wrong child in here, yeah. wrong kid in here. When Melanie did pass, my sister, when I called her, she said, oh, my God, Lily, you said that would happen. I said, no, I thought we would. They were faded. One of them was faded. The decision we make when we have a transit, the decision, the choice with what God gives us, what we come into this planet with, the choice we make with that makes our destiny. Yeah. And to add to that, a year later, our other daughter is visiting us in Florida. Her father sees a lump on her back. Yeah. Now, he had at a young age cancer, went on treatments for two yeah. years, every etc. So that was a lot of trauma at that time. And he said to her, get that checked. Oh, dad, it's nothing. It'll be okay. It's been there a while. He said, go get it checked. Mm -hmm. She goes to get it checked. We come back, she comes back, it's some type of cancer, but they got it all. Yeah. They got it all. Manda had the same transit as my daughter a year before. Pluto square Pluto. And I said to God, you cannot have her. Sorry, I'm angry. Get out of here. You can't have this kid. That was probably when the anger, my whole anger issues, when I started drinking bubbled again up. a year later, bubbled yeah. up and came out. And so now this daughter is who works with foreign affairs, etc. She's doing extremely well today that she changed her destiny because she listened to her dad. Because yep. when you got Pluto square Pluto, sweetheart, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't. You just know there's big transformation coming down in one way or another. So you reach out when you know that's happening. You reach out because it isn't just for the day. That transit could be there two or three weeks. The thing is, once it leaves and it backs off, you don't have that desire to, like my transit when I almost died in 2019 in that ambulance was Pluto square, my ascendant. And I knew that and kept it in the back because I didn't like just get through it, get through it, get through it. But I gave into it because of, it wasn't even so much depression. I was just angry. Yes. I was angry. You know, anger is such, um, and I think that's another thing besides suicide that it's okay to talk about, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's really important you brought that up because, and particularly women, okay, as children, we are taught it is not ladylike to be angry to rage, to do any of that. Yeah. And, you know, it's not, it's not taught in the same way anymore. I'm finding, you know, it's wonderful that things are opening up and people are being um, more open 
but there's still a long way to go when it comes to these subjects. And yes, and I, I know that anger can be incredibly useful because when you harness your anger and make good choices, it can propel you forward. Absolutely. I always say that anger is the God-given gift that a boundary has been crossed. Ah, now, for me, oh, the, boundary, good. Right? the boundary for me was that in my world that I was fated for, spirit, I felt, was taken away everything. You took away my child, you took away my mother, you took away my father, you took away my business, you took away some of my best friends because I had been drinking. They didn't know I was drinking. They knew something was off with me. I was kind of yeah. nuts. <laughs> Sorry, it's not funny, but it is. <laughs> You're definitely different. And yeah. So the thing is about like I got angry with God. It's like you crossed all the bad boundaries, buddy. I'm out of here. Now, for me, the God of my understanding is all encompassing universe, male, female. Right. There's not like yes. I don't preach religion. I talk spirituality. Yes. And that's why I wrote the book of uh, the 365 ways to power up your life. They're basically prayers. Right. They're prayers on how to handle resentment and anger and et cetera. Yes. And it's living in the moment and accepting right now I'm feeling angry instead of what happened to me, Elaine, was I have been teaching spirituality for 25 years. I was opening up for people like Carolyn Mace, John Holland, Dr. Yeah. Martinez, Andrew Harvey, taking Andrew to Bali. And still inside there was leftover remorse and anger. And finally, by the grace of God, COVID has been my blessing yeah. because I've been having to sit still and figure it all out. Put all the pieces of the puzzle into place. And, and I have to say, okay, you do, you look 10 years younger. Thank you. You, you look joyous. Okay. For, for a number of years, I didn't see that. Ah. Okay. And I had seen it before. Okay, like years and years and years ago and breakfast with friends and, and different things that, you know, we we were in different networks together. And I, I had I had thought the last, you know, the last almost 10, 10 years was something's just not, this is not the same Lily. And nor should it be. Nor no. should it be. Very good. Nor should Very it good. be. Because... Suicide, alcoholism, overeat, all the things that we do to kill ourselves. Because let's get frank here. That's what it's about. We don't want to be here. We want to step off and go to the la-la land or whatever it is. And these are the things that help change us. These are the fate. These are the things that we're fated for. I remember when I had the store one day, one of my staff members was really like acting weird and I said to her could you tell me what's going on with you she said well you're not the same joyous Lily you used to be and I sat down and I said to her well let me put it into perspective your child just hung herself your mother just died your yeah. father is dying now 
where's your joy? You know, that's the issue with joy for everybody. We have a tendency to judge it. And it's not to be judged because my joy is going to be different than yours. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? But the other, the other piece to that, and yeah. I, I think it's really important, there is no specific time frame for grief. And grief does include anger and denial and all of those things. But each of us process in our own time. And for some people, that's forever. And, well, it should be. Exactly. I don't want to use the word should, but think about this for a moment. We come into the planet with a sacred contract. And most of us have been traumatized at some level, at somewhere in our infancy. And it's not planned. It's not consciously done. For some it is. But on the average percentage, there's trauma. And trauma will come up in different areas in our lives. So if we're traumatized as a child, for instance, and then we end up with alcoholism or thoughts of suicide and depression, that's like the residual, I can't say the word, residual. but thank you, of that, right? Yeah. So it's the same as now with people that are sobering up, that are getting help for mental issues. There's going to be that residue left over. And yeah. that's okay because that's what makes us whole. And when we are whole, we are holy. And the thing is that being in the wholeness of that, it doesn't mean that we have to live in it every day. It's, it's the trauma will come up. It may be, what, it's 11 years? No, nine years since Melanie's death. And the trauma of that. There are days I'm fine, and then I feel it in the body, and I gotta let that out. Yeah. And I personally now let it out through poetry, through walking, something else besides anger or drinking. Yeah. Well, because our emotions are meant to flow and go. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We, we all get. Yeah, we get into trouble when when we stuff them down, when we hang on to them. That was my issue. Thank you. That's exactly right. We, you know, and we don't need to be out there putting it on everybody either. No, but it needs to be talked about. And so find someone you feel safe with and trust. Yeah, yeah. And there is someone for everyone. Yes. There is always someone to talk to. Yes. And you just have to reach out. You know, uh, every everybody that I have talked to says the same thing because that's the most important piece. Somebody once said to me, and it took me the longest time to get this, but you can't read the label from inside the jar. Yeah. And when when you're deeply immersed in those feelings and and you're not getting rid of them you need someone else to be that person outside the jar who who can read your label if you will to be yeah. very literal yeah that's very well said and, and the other thing with that also is for the one that is helping so the one that that's helping it's really important not to take any of that on or to feel guilty if the person still decides I'm out of here yeah. because 
right? That's, that's important to know because we cannot save everybody. We can only save ourselves first, speak from our experience, and then if it helps the person, great, but it may not because everybody has their own individual inner knowledge of how they're going to live their highest potential. And, and it's always their choice. It's always their choice. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the, the unfortunate part is the unfortunate part is people don't realize that they have the choice. That's the key is finding out, oh, God, I'm fated for this. Oh, you know, people come to me and they say, oh, Lily, my marriage is over because that's another that can be suicidal. Right. Like yeah. how we yeah. communicate in a marriage is suicide for the marriage. Yeah. It can yeah. it's death to a man to a marriage. So when people come to me and say my marriage is over, and I'll look at their charts like Venus squaring Saturn. I think, oh, hon, just hang in there until that leaves. Now, if Pluto is squaring Venus, yeah, it might be. Only you can make that choice. <laughs> it opens up some very interesting questions about having your charts done and understanding fate versus destiny and and all of these different pieces and and i don't i don't want to miss this opportunity but this is just one of lily's books it's called madness addiction and love and it touched me so much early on because you know i lost I lost a very dear friend to suicide when I was 16. And that's kind of what started all of this. Mm -hmm. But I have a, maybe an odd question, but if you were to rewrite this book today, would the title perhaps be reversed? It's a great question because I'm thinking about redoing Madness Addiction and Love too based on those seven years that I had to ride, I choose to ride the four horsemen after, because I think you're aware that my mentor also passed away during that time. Yes. So grief, you know, is interesting. When Derek died, I lost an arm. When my daughter died, I lost my mind. When my parents, I lost my, my, uh, my heart. But with prana, a good prana, I lost my spirit. Oh, yeah. I lost yeah. my spirit. So it took a long time for me to pull it back again, you know. And that was why I ended up in that ambulance, which is no excuse. Anyone that's listening, it's not an excuse. It's, you know what, the bottom line, I was lazy. I didn't want to have to get up every day and keep going. I wanted out in my own private way, you know. Um, I don't think I would redo it because we're all mad. Oh, absolutely. We are all mad at some level. And we have to be when you go in through our those 12 houses that that we all know so well. And the addiction, we're all addicted to level because we're human beings. And I'm convinced that gravity is the devil. (laughs) So as human beings on the planet and we're being crushed, that's the, the madness. The addiction is how do we cope with that? Because but we all know. And it's so flung out there. Love thyself. Love thyself. Yeah. Well, you it's kind of difficult to do that unless you do the work and go back to know thyself. Okay. So no, I wouldn't I wouldn't, wouldn't redo it. it. No, because 
once we accept that we're mad, once we acknowledge our addictions, then we're open yes. to love oh, okay. with no judgment. Okay, see, that's a perfect explanation, and I knew I would hear <laughs> just what we needed to hear. Thank you, darling. Oh, Lily, Lily, uh, absolutely you. incredible. I want to be sure and put up your website so that people can find a way to get in touch with you. And it's relatively simple. We've got Lily White, Lily with two L's, uh, white.ca. Uh, it's been absolutely amazing to have you on the show. And it's so wonderful to see you return to joy and to see you being who you really are. I, I think it's quite incredible. Um, it's been quite a journey. And, and I think Derek and Melanie and your mom and dad are just beaming because you are now just radiating excellence as far as I'm concerned. And I think it's attainable and I think we can all learn. We have to reach out. We have to ask for help. We have to talk to someone besides ourselves. You know, that the old, no one is an island. It's so incredibly true. So I am going to say thank you so very much. This has been quite incredible. Appreciate you greatly. Thank you, Elaine. If I could just leave that one thought with everybody that it's okay to feel the awe of the raw. And please hang in, hang on, hang tight, hang out. Just don't hang that's so beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much, Lily. I love you. Thank you. Love you too. And to our audience, make the very best of your today, every day. And I'll be sure and see you next time. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on your favorite service. Suicide Zen Forgiveness was brought to you by Truel Social Media, the digital integration specialists. Let them get you on page one in the search results.